0: Welcome to the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast, show number 190, Finance Friday Edition, where we interview Rachel and talk about getting started a little bit later, side hustles, and cutting expenses.
1: I've been looking into real estate for quite some time and I wanted to do some real estate investing, but I do realize what you're saying matters first. You have to start that, um, you have to have that uh, cash. You have to have that build up first before you start uh, trying to uh, take out more loans and more debt.
0: Hello, hello, hello. My name is Mindy Jensen. And with me, as always, is my always on the ball co-host, Scott Trench.
2: You're always on a roll with these, Mindy. Thank you so much. So rounding out these these intros.
0: Rounding out is a a better one. All right. (laughs) Scott and I are here to make financial independence less scary, less just for somebody else. To introduce you to every money story, because we truly believe that financial independence is available for everyone, no matter when or where you're starting.
2: That's right. Whether you want to retire early and travel the world, go on to make big time investments in assets like real estate, start your own business, or simply build a stronger financial foundation, we'll help you reach your financial goals and get money out of the way so you can launch yourself towards your dreams.
0: Scott, I am super excited to talk to Rachel today. She is a getting started a little bit later in life example of somebody who has a lot of wins within really close grasp.
2: Yeah, well, I I just want to say like, you know, I think that there's a lot of people who are in the same position as Rachel who would have a down and out mindset about things right like she's single mom she she's got a a, an income below forty thousand dollars a year with some of those things and no like what i think is awesome about rachel is that she is excited optimistic she is uh, invigorated by this stuff, she's reading books on fi- on financial independence. The frameworks are coming together, and uh, she knows she can achieve it because she can. And I think sh- I think it's gonna be really exciting to watch her journey over the next couple of years because with that mindset and you know the the then the tools like the disciplined budget, the disciplined adherence to the budget, the budget itself tracking the spending and just kind of like continuing to keep the snowball going, I think she's going to be really successful. And I bet you that one or more of her great ideas and side businesses begins to flourish in the next couple of years here as well.
0: Scott, I think you're, you're correct. And if they don't, if all the side hustle she has going on right now doesn't pan out, I know that she is going to go out and find one that will, and I'm super excited for her journey. But before we bring her in, let's read that thing that our lawyer makes us read at the beginning of every episode, which is... The contents of this podcast are informational in nature and are not legal or tax advice, and neither Scott nor I, nor Bigger pockets is engaged in the provision of legal tax or any other advice. You should seek your own advice from professional advisors, including lawyers and accountants, regarding the legal, tax, and financial implications of any financial decision you contemplate.
3: Scott, let's go give her some financial
0: decisions to contemplate.
3: Transform your lead generation and deal making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com/bp.
0: minimum balance to open, maintain membership savings account, and to obtain bonus. Visit NavyFederal.org for more terms and conditions.
4: This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host.
0: Rachel and her fiance share three children among them, and she's 42, hoping to reach five by age 50, but she is getting a bit of a later start on her journey to financial independence. Rachel, welcome to the show today. I'm super excited to have you with us, and I'm excited to dive into your finances and see what suggestions we can make to help you further yourself down the path towards financial independence.
1: Thank you, Mindy. I
0: appreciate it. I look forward to sharing with all of you. So let's jump right into it. Let's start to build a balance sheet. Let's look at what is coming in and what is going out. So, uh, I have
1: an annual salary of 36,461. Now I don't know whether you include my fiance in the household income or
0: not, because he does contribute to the expenses. We pay half. Well, let's look at that then. Do you are you planning on combining finances with your fiance once you get married? Yes. Okay. Scott, would you include those then?
2: I think um well, let's let's zoom out here because that's unclear. I think that that gives us a very good first step or, or potential first piece of homework, which is to potentially have a money date with your fiance and kind of map that out and understand: Hey, where do we want to get to? How do we want to? How do we want to handle this on a go forward basis? What's the plan there? What's the? Do we have a, a couple of easy timeline steps? You know, five minutes a week to combine those or not? Once we get married, those types of things. And we have a um, podcast for that that might come back. As far as recommendations, my recommendation. If you intend to combine them, I wouldn't combine them until you're actually married and, and until that event takes place. And I would look at it separately. And a way to kind of compute that in your head would be, hey, if the housing expense is $1,000 and the fiance is contributing four 500 of that, then your housing expense is 500 That That would be a way to think about it in the meantime mm-hmm. while, while, while separate. Okay. Thank mm-hmm. you.
1: Yeah. So uh, I do paint on the side. Um, I do have a full-time job uh, in the insurance industry as an enrollment specialist, and I'm uh, going after an account manager position. I just uh, passed my health and life insurance exam in Pennsylvania so uh, I'm on my way for that. Uh, The company I work for paid for the um, license exam, so I think I have a pretty good shot, (laughs) Um, but I I do paint on the side. Uh, I've been painting for quite a while, and uh, I do sell some of my artwork. I'm not on a consistent basis, and I've kind of struggled with that on the marketing side, and I just uh, did my first painting party for a friend's daughter for her 11th birthday and i was paid for that as well so that's another little extra income stream that i i want to start up Uh, because once i posted that on my social media i had another friend who said hey i see you're doing painting parties (laughs) i i have someone who needs one so it's starting the word of mouth is starting to get around
2: how many hours is your work right now uh 40 hours a week 40 hours okay
1: yeah, I, I don't, um, I'm not required to do any overtime, which which is actually helpful with working on any side hustles if I want it's a standard uh, 8.30 to 5.00 job um, weekly. Um, I have weekends off. And how much do you get for a painting party? Well, I set my initial rate at $30 per student per hour Uh, because I looked it up online they said that that's the standard like 30 to 60 is like the standard so I I did set it at that rate Uh, my it was a friend of mine from college who asked me because she she follows my you know artwork and uh, her daughter is very creative as well so she's like oh could you do this for her birthday and I said well I've never done it before but I can you know I'll let you know how much it'll be and she said she's Previously done a party with another friend who only charged twenty dollars, and I, I didn't I didn't back down when she said that because <laughs> first of all, the other person had over one hundred people, so twenty dollars times a hundred is a little different than thirty dollars times two. <laughs>
0: Yes. Oh, that's, so that's very interesting. I like that idea. That's the, the thing where you come to class and the person teaches you how to paint a picture and everybody gets to take a picture home. Okay. So $30, does that include, and I know we're getting off track, Scott, sorry, but does $30 include all the things? So I just show up or do I bring a canvas and paint and paintbrushes and all of that to the thing as well?
1: Well, in this case, uh, because it was a friend of mine, we actually met up and she uh, came shopping with me and she paid for her supplies ahead of time. And of course, uh, any supplies I needed. I I didn't need very much. I already have everything here. And uh, she didn't really need that much either. It was just two girls. They just needed a canvas each. Uh, a cup. You know, they already had uh, some most of their supplies already because her daughter's are already creative, so um, I I didn't have to pay anything for supplies out of that thirty dollars.
0: Okay, so I think there's some opportunities there, and I'm excited to discuss those in a little bit. But let's continue with the income and expenses and debts. Is let's see. I think that's is that it on the income, the salary, and then the the painting. That sounded rude. I didn't mean that to be rude. Is that it?
1: Oh, no, no. Not at all. <laughs> uh, that's a lot, actually, you know, when you're a single mama. <laughs> so uh, I do have, like, some different things in the pot that I haven't gotten to uh, do as much as I'd like. I have a blog that I have maybe a few articles on. Uh, I did sign up for an affiliate market- marketing thing for, like, art. So, like, I could sell—I could— uh make articles about you know art supplies and include their link but i haven't done it yet because i'm doing everything else <laughs> so it's like you only have so much time in the day but uh and i i did sell a couple of my designs on products on uh red uh which is print on demand uh that's another avenue i've been looking into and i i i had a really good etsy shop going for a little while but um I've gotten away from that, but I'd like to get back into that as well, like uh, incorporate the print on demand um, aspect into the Etsy shop as well. Anything that I can automate is great. <laughs> like it's just, you know, you know, set it and forget it.
0: That's that's the way I look at it. So, <laughs> Okay. I have a lot of options. Yeah.
2: <laughs> what, what, what do you expect between all of those things to bring home on an annual basis?
1: Well, the, the thought is, and from, you know, all of the uh, investment books I've read over the years, you know, is the idea is to um, get your passive income to hopefully surpass your full-time income. I'm nowhere near that, but I know there's hope because I've seen it. You know, I've, I've, I've listened to the podcasts, I've read the blogs, you know, read the success stories, and considering I don't make a very high salary I think I'm actually in a very good position to be able to do that, even though I am later in the game, a little older. So that that's, I have a little bit of hope from that standpoint. I think it actually would be harder for me if I were making 60 grand, 100 grand a year, trying to get out of, you know, the corporate world and, uh, you know, basically have the golden handcuffs.
2: My kind of and tell me if i'm way off on this but like what i'm kind of picturing piecing together here is that you're you're making it work with the the job and 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 the expenses and that kind of stuff you have a lot of ideas and a lot of creativity it's it's right outside your grasp and automating a couple of these things with that you're not you're not short on ideas or optimism or abilities or those types of things but that maybe what we could help with today is Kind of boiling all this down away from a series of tactics like the Etsy shop, the painting parties, that kind of stuff, and into a strategy to get you there that can't help but churn out winning results year after year. With this, is that kind of what would be? Is that sound? Does that sound kind of like what we're what you're trying to do?
1: That sounds exactly like what I need.
2: <laughs> awesome. So, so that's where I want to get at. Like, let's let's start with this, uh, and I'll, I'll just jump right into it and jump way ahead of myself here for, uh, on this. My belief, and we might, we'll find more information here, is that uh, your annual income is going to be somewhere in the ballpark of 40000 a year, 36000 plus a few thousand dollars from these other activities um, in, in a general sense. Is that is that about right? Yeah. And then what I think we need to do is we need to make sure that your expenses are significantly less than that so that you're able to save on a regular basis and that each one of these ideas adds to the snowball. So if you save a few hundred bucks a month, hey, now when I layer in a painting party twice twice a month on Saturdays, that's gonna snowball me another 400, which goes straight, straight into the bottom line, which then gets reinvested. Then I layer in an Etsy shop, which produces 200 bucks a month, um, for 300 bucks a month or, or for 4,000 one month and none the rest of the, the other 11 months because there's some event there, whatever it is, that gets layered into the snowball. And I'm doing all these things one by one. And to me, and that's where I want to kind of like, kind of zoom out from these ideas that you have that are great. Start with the foundation of this. What's the income and expenses and how do we get a consistent snowball going from the fundamentals and then come up with a strategy to attack these ideas one by one quarter after quarter over two and a half years and get some wins in there that that just drive your position forward. Makes sense. That makes sense. So how much are you spending per month on a regular basis?
1: It looks like I'm spending around um, just over 2,500 a month.
2: Great, so so in a month where you don't have any extra income, are you saving about $300, is that right? Yeah. Okay, and can you walk us through your assets and debts? How much cash do you have and in investments, liabilities, debts, and those types of things do you have?
1: Okay, um, I save in my um, 401k work, uh, I just recently increased it to five percent because I found out that I was uh, leaving money on the table, and I currently have. So you're taking the match. Yes, yeah, for the, for the match exactly. I thought it was one hundred percent at three percent. I misunderstood. Apparently they just had a meeting about this and everyone all, all of a sudden was pushing up their matching to 5% because they realized the same thing I did that we weren't getting all of our money. Yeah, so I good. currently have almost $3,500 in there. You would think I'd have a lot more money saved at this age, but from my previous marriage, I cashed out my entire retirement to try to right side up our finances before finding out that i should have held on to it and gone bankrupt instead so we went bankrupt after i had already liquidated my entire retirement
2: yeah tangent there just for folks listening great point here and 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 thank you for sharing that because it's a, a learning opportunity for some other folks who are calling in or listening with this but i think what you're saying is that if you had left the money into the retirement account filed bankruptcy, there's a good chance that the that those funds are not touched in the event that something like that happens or there's other things. So it's it's a very rare set of circumstances where it's a good idea to take money out of those retirement accounts. So thank you for sharing that. Um,
1: You're welcome. Yeah. My lawyer at the time specifically said, he's like, oh, I wish you would have came to me sooner because that money would have been protected in the bankruptcy. So yeah, lesson learned there. Well,
2: let's keep going. Yeah. <laughs>
1: All right, uh, so I do save money for both of my sons their, uh, for their uh, 529 college savings plan. Um, unfortunately, I don't know exactly how much I have in there because I can't get into the account right now. I'm working on that. <laughs> but I have about, I, I would say, about 1500 to $2,000. Um, and I save about like $50 per pay right now, nothing ma- massive. Uh, I have an HSA account for my uh, medical expenses. Uh and that uh, actually has they just uh, the company just uh, let us know that they are contributing a certain match to the HSA so that's great because I do have regular medical expenses that I'll have for the rest of my life so um, yeah that's uh, very helpful and then I have some random accounts, like a Merrill Lynch account left over from that previous retirement account that I liquidated. I have like $300 left there. And then a uh, uh, like $200 left in some random like credit union account I had from a previous job. It was like $200. And, and then I did start up a Robinhood account and then I switched after the GameStop debacle. <laughs> so, so I switched to Fidelity. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs>
2: yep you're, you're, yeah he, so i found out investor. afterwards
1: mindy that you like fidelity so i like that, fidelity that was just completely uh <laughs> yeah that, that was random i that was pretty cool i found out it afterwards i'm like oh okay yes. yeah that works so uh yeah i i that has about 850 dollars in it right now so but, you know, when GameStop goes big, this is all irrelevant, right?
2: <laughs> That's right. That's the whole plan is just put it all into GameStop. Um, yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> um, how much cash do you have in your savings or checking?
1: I have about almost $700 in my checking currently and savings, I have 200
2: Okay. So you've got about $1,000 in, in cash. Yeah. Okay. And walk us through your debts.
1: Okay, so I recently purchased my house in December 2020. So I do have a mortgage. It, it's over eighty three thousand dollars. The uh, mortgage payment is very uh, reasonable. It's six oh seven ninety four a month. The utilities come to about two eighty a month. I'm paying uh, internet one hundred and twenty a month. How,
2: how long ago did you buy the house?
1: December 2020.
2: Okay. Did that use up a lot of your cash?
1: It did, yeah. Actually, um, my ex and I sold our marital home and split the proceeds. And I used uh, most of that money to first pay off my car. So I have a paid-for car right now. Excellent. And then I, I paid off some other debts and then built up my credit score and then applied to for uh, a mortgage to get a house, so um, I I had to like work on a few things to get to where I am now.
2: Um, we don't need to go through your utilities and that, but do you have any other debts besides the mortgage?
1: Yeah, uh, I have student loan debt.
2: How much is the student loan debt?
1: It's not bad considering other people's, but it's still twenty three thousand that I should have gotten rid of a long time ago. Okay.
2: Now my my belief is and and this is this is uh it's great that your housing expense is so low um even relative to your income with that that's a great that's a great payment there at six hundred and seven a month with that my belief do do you feel like most months you are in fact saving three hundred dollars in cash like that's 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 moving into your bank account on an average basis no is that is that something that you should be able to do on paper but it just isn't happening or is it is yes. it is it okay great what do you think without going into great detail on your budget yet, we can we might do this. Um, what do you think you can spend? You could save without going crazy, you know, still having some fun and, and all that kind of stuff and, 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 and having a sustainable approach, but what, what do you think you could save if you didn't get any extra income whatsoever per month?
1: Just looking at, um, my other expenses, I can tell you right now, my biggest problem is eating out me and my, uh, fiance my kids too i mean like we we are an eating out family like it's just for me it's the convenience because i don't get home till six o'clock at night you know i it's just i have all these other things i'm working on as you can tell so it's just like that's my biggest expense is eating out the only other like major entertainment expenses that i have is uh books and art supplies so i love buying both so sometimes i uh sometimes i buy a little too many books i buy so many books i can't read them all but but uh yeah that's those are my main issues
2: okay my my belief is that the short term and we should spend some time on this in a moment is figuring out a way to get to a place where month after month you're saving at least $300 in cash per month. Because I think the biggest red flag for me for your situation is the lack of emergency reserve. You're spending mm-hmm. 2400 a month, but you only got $1,000 in the bank. Right. So that makes it very difficult to search for a better job. That makes it very difficult to buy the art supplies to try a slightly bigger version of your idea on the side that makes it that's just limiting a lot of your creativity and options and it sounds and what i think is really encouraging about your situation is that lots of people are like oh i'm too busy to try things in the site you're a single mom with a, a full-time job and you're like i got tons of ideas to to try and lots of optimism about that so i think that is awesome and we got to put you in a position as quickly as possible to begin experience be, being have a little bit more freedom and wiggle room to try some of those things and, and go after that and i think that requires just basic discipline on the tracking of your spending and mm-hmm. budgeting to make sure that every month you're winning even if these you don't get an extra income
1: yeah yeah that's a very good point
2: so i guess uh how do we, how do you think we begin knocking out the problem the eating out problem not the eating out problem the eating out um budget Let's, how do we knock that down? What's a reasonable number there? And how do we kind of put in place a system where it just spits out that as the inevitable outcome rather than forcing you to be disciplined every day?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Need to automate it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I would say one of the things that works for me is tracking. If I set up a system or a process, I tend to stick to it. Like, uh, for instance, I'm. Um, I started Weight Watchers at the beginning of the year and I use their app and I have lost almost 13 pounds already and it's just by tracking and doing their points. Yay. Exactly. So
2: <laughs> thank you. I think, there's so, I think there's so much overlap between um, weight loss and finance that, it, that it's a perfect analogy in a lot of ways for this kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think if I can have some sort of App or some sort of process that i can follow that you know that and it and not make it like you said such such a like oh i have to be so disciplined you know but make it more like a game because that's how i feel about like the weight watchers thing it's like oh okay i know i'm gonna go out to eat tonight you know so i'm gonna make sure i cut back a little earlier in the day not eat as much so just kind of make it a game and that that usually works for me i got this
0: I am the same way. Once I get started, it is a game and now I have to win. And the only person I'm competing against is myself. So I have to do it lower, lower, lower. The my friends, the Waffles on Wednesday, created a or wrote an article called Make Your Own Mobile Expense Tracking App in 30 Minutes. And what it boils down to is a Google form that you put onto your phone right on the very first page of your phone apps. And you punch it every time you are on the go. You're spending money. You fill that out. Hit enter. It goes into your spreadsheet. I'm assuming you love spreadsheets just like the rest of us. And then... It starts to become a game. Oh, I have to enter into my phone how much I spent. I'm going to make, I don't really need that today. I don't really need that. I only need half of this. I'm going to put this stuff back. It starts to become a game. So I'm going to send you a link to this. I'm going to keep it in the, I'm going to include it in the show notes as well. That is super helpful. And what I love so much about this is it's customized. So my expenses are not the same as your expenses it doesn't matter you make this and you make it with all of your expenses you can add and subtract very easily and it's super easy mr wild walks you through every step to get it so that you can use it very easily i love that people have heard me say that all the time i love that particular article and that app so i think that'll be big for you that'll be really helpful for you
2: and and there there are tons of folks who have the same neat right like i need to make it a game that it's trackable and all that kind of stuff so there's what mindy just referenced with waffles on wednesday there are there's the every dollar app from dave ramsey there's you need a budget there's personal capital there's mint.com there's an old-fashioned excel spreadsheet or um equivalent you can get on your phone so i think i think it's pick one of those Do, do a little bit of research maybe spend an hour uh in the next week or two and pick one research the one that, that you think is the most likely one to stick to and just start using that every month. And the budgeting process is a process. You're not going to get it right the first time and be addicted immediately in month one. But over three months, you should be getting pretty good and figuring out what works. A lot of people are like, oh, I'm going to make a budget and there's going to be one, one meal out next month. Well, right. <laughs> exactly. that's not like if you're used to eating out 30 times in a month, you know, like that's not going to work. That's not, that's not a, that's not a real, that's not a realistic expectation for you to have. So it's just kind of like setting a realistic expectation and getting that budget there. One thing I want to point out is, and, and um, feel free to let me know if we, we we don't want to go into too much here, but I see that you have a, um, a DoorDash pass in here. And, I, and, I
1: I told you <laughs> we're hardcore. We have two DoorDash passes in our household.
2: My, my advice My advice would be to cancel one or both of those because what the DoorDash pass is doing is it's saying, "Hey, every time you order, it's cheaper because yeah. you're paying the fee." So that just encourages you to order that much more. Like, no, feel the pain every time uh, with yeah. that. If that's if that, that's that if your biggest pass, problem,
1: is, it's the gateway drug. (laughs)
2: Um, and, and look, it's, it's, it's COVID, like a lot of people are doing that, but that would be like one of those kind of like symbolic things. I think that could have a big impact, a small line item for you, but it could have a big impact on your monthly budget because you're like, oh, that's right. It's more expensive because I canceled it because I should be doing that. And like, it's just a little bit more painful each time, um, to do that rather than make the food at home. If that's the goal is to, to, to cut that down somewhat,
1: that's, I like that a lot.
2: But yeah, so I, I think I'd I'd focus there and, and that that I think that's the number one thing you can do for in the in the very short run here. But that's not very exciting. So we need to paint a bigger vision for what's gonna happen in two years for this, or why that why that this is such an important step is because if you can do this and you save three, four, five, six hundred dollars a month, within a few months you're gonna have several thousand dollars in the bank and a much better emergency reserve position from that. And then we're going to have to turn attention, I think, if you're looking to become financially free or build a financial position uh, in a big way over the next couple of years, you're going to have to address the elephant in the room on the other end of this, which is income. um, For that. Mm -hmm. And so can you tell me a little bit about your, you're moving to the account manager role or what's something on the the baseline, not the exciting side project stuff, but the baseline stuff that's bringing home the bacon right now um, Mm -hmm. that you're working on?
1: okay so um i uh just recently passed the pennsylvania life and health uh, insurance exam the company i'm working for it's an insurance brokerage they're a national company that uh they paid for me to take the exam so uh, it was on on my goals with them when they asked me what i wanted to do i said i wanted to you know get my license and uh become an account manager because in my past, I took the exam twice, once in my 20s, once in my 30s. <laughs> and now, the, the first two times, the companies that I tried to work for, I didn't feel they prepared me in any way, shape, or form on how to do the job. It was just basically throwing me to the wolves. So this time around, I actually feel like I'm in a position where I'm in a company that will train you. They, they train you very well, so I have a very good, you know, chance of increasing my income. Uh, I I did um, ask how much, you know, of a bump in pay I would get when I first start. They did tell me because it would be I would be an entry level account manager, I'd only make two or three dollars more than I make now per hour, but it's somewhere to start. And um, you know, I I can always look around if need be. I mean, I would hate to leave the company because they're great. But obviously, if I have bigger goals that they can't help me with, then I'll have to look around. So
2: yeah, and t- two dollars an hour is four hundred a month. So th- uh, if you it, well forty times one hundred sixty, it's three hundred twenty a month, right? So uh, at, at forty hour work weeks with four weeks, so that's not that's no joke with that. That's a good thing there. And as you do that again, this this compounds. So if you can keep your budget in place. And keep that spending at a certain target threshold. When you get that raise or that that extra couple of bucks an hour, that's going to all drop through against the bucket. And your savings aren't going to be three hundred or four hundred a month. It's going to be six or eight, seven hundred dollars a month that are going in there. And then if that happens again in a year, you're going to get that again. And if you have side income, that gets stacked on top of it. But it all comes down to keeping that floor from moving the spending right. on mm-hmm. that side of things, which is why that's I think such a such a key the starting point for all of this. Okay. So it sounds, and when do you think that will transpire? You'll actually get the, the the two or $3 an hour raise.
1: No one has talked to me about it yet because we're waiting for the state to send the license back because everything was sent in by the company. So I was told that takes a couple weeks at least to come back from the state. So I would say if I were to
0: ballpark it, at least maybe two, three months tops. Okay. minimum balance to open, maintain membership savings account, and to obtain bonus. Visit NavyFederal.org for more terms and conditions.
4: You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day, with Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation home-owning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's
0: vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. Listen up, business owners. Here's some quick math. Fewer costs equals more profit. The problem? You're spending more than ever on operations, materials, deliveries, software, and more. So why not reduce your costs and headaches with NetSuite by Oracle? NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite lives in the cloud, which means you can reduce IT costs with no hardware required. Cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because now you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. It makes sense that over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Don't let rising costs sink your business's growth. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash bpmoney. That's netsuite.com slash bpmoney. Netsuite.com slash BP money.
2: Are there any other kind of like, is this what you like want to be doing? Is this, is this kind of like, is there, what does what the, the track for the career look like for this for the next like three years?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I plan to stay in this career. I think it's, uh, very fulfilling. I'm, I'm a weirdo. I enjoy what I do. <laughs> so kind of fell into it, but I enjoy it. And I also enjoy my art and doing that on the side. And, uh, I I love looking into passive income streams. Uh, like I've been reading about real estate, for example. And of course I listened to the bigger pockets, real estate podcast as well. And I, uh, just got, uh, One of the books from the recent podcast, Passive Income, Aggressive Retirement by Rachel Richards. So I'm reading that for some more ideas. I'm looking into possibly looking at royalty incomes to income streams. But uh, I've been looking into real estate for quite some time, and I wanted to do some real estate investing. But I do realize what you're saying matters first. You have to start that. You have to have that cash you have to have that build up first before you start uh, trying to uh, take out more loans and more debt.
2: Yeah, you need your you need your monthly cash flow to be consistent, predictable, and you are in command of it, and it is piling up in your bank account. And you need that to be sustained for a little bit of time, so there's actually a pile up in your bank account. Um, right. I think that's the position of financial strength from which to approach all of these avenues of investing all at once from that you could plop some cash down into something and you'll be in a stronger financial position to take a more serious crack at these businesses and so let's come up with with a framework for that right so Every couple of months, this number is going to expand from 300 to 600 to 900 to 1200 um, as things, as some of these things start to come together, right? That's the amount you'll save that will come up because maybe you find ways to cut some expenses. Maybe you find ways to, you, you get that, that raise and, and some of these things work out. So as that piles up, what do we do with it? Is the question and we have our index fund investments you know that's that's something that you could think about is just putting a few chips into the table or, um into the index funds every month 100 200 300 bucks whatever that is there's setting aside money for real estate investing sounds like your house is less than a hundred thousand dollars in cost is that right that's right so you're in an area that you know like that doesn't like that that is Incomprehensible to me and Mindy uh, from Denver, uh, where that is. Where are you located?
1: I'm in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and the real estate market here is on fire.
2: Yeah, well, <laughs> so. well, I mean, yeah, I mean that that's that could be if you can save six hundred, seven hundred dollars a month, you could probably buy real estate with just one to two years of savings, which is a um, you know um, a, a pretty attainable situation, I think. There, so but I, I do think you're probably. Still, about a year out from having the financial position, at least for making a down payment on that next rental property. Yes. Um, yeah. Unless some things change with that, and you get you get a couple of of wins here on the finance front. So, what I think, what I think, I would suggest instead is this concept of your side hustles, which you light up and love talking about, have a lot of promising stuff with. And so, how do we put together a formula that works there? Well, how about this? I'll try this one on, on and see if you like this. 9 out of 10 businesses fail, right? Right. So what what does that mean? To me, that says try 10 businesses. Um <laughs> <That's> right. right. <laughs> so, so if you can take your ideas and really give them a good concentrated try, like you say, which of these is the best idea? Mm-hmm. Like which one is? I'm gonna try that for the next 90 days. I'm gonna I'm gonna get some sort of goal setting uh, thing, like the 12 week year is a good book for that, or the 90 day intention journal. If you would like some bigger pockets, whatever, whatever, um, we'll send you one um, if you if you'd like that. Um, but you say, <laughs> hey. For 90 days, while I, I'm i going to have like three things, I'm going to keep my budget on track. I'm going to project manage my boss to make sure that nothing that, that gets lost in the loopholes with my um, state certification for this thing. So that, mm-hmm. that comes about sooner. And then I'm going to every week take three concrete actions to making this business idea come into reality in a really low cost, startup y way, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, uh, with that and see if I can't make progress there, ignoring the rest of them. And at the end of 90 days, either you're going to say, this is worth continuing and I'm going to re-up for another 90 days, or I'm going to quit and kill it because that's one of the nine business ideas that's going to fail and move on to idea number two with that. And if you do that for two and a half years, you're probably going to hit a winner because one out of 10 businesses does reasonably well. Mm -hmm. Um, What what do you think about that?
1: I love that idea. Actually, I already know which one I want to focus on for the first 90 days. (laughs) So, Ooh, which one? The uh, the painting, the painting workshops, because it's already a proven concept. I mean, you know, you have these, uh, you know, painting with a twist, you know, franchises and everything, It's it, and people, and the thing is, is my, my friend who asked me to do it, I assumed we were going to be meeting in person, and she's like, well, I can't do that because I don't know how the other mom feels about it for her daughter, so she, let's do it on online. I'm like, yes. <laughs> So, so you know, it, it's a very easy thing to do. You know, it's something I enjoy immensely. So I won't feel like you know, oh, this is something I'm just doing for money. You know, because so, that matters a lot to me. The things that I work on, you know i I have to have some sort of passion, you know, towards it or for it, and not just you know, oh, I'm just doing it for money. And I think that's such a good idea to work towards because you're helping other people, you're teaching other people, you're, 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 you know, and the more people you help, they tell other people. And so, and so on. So I think it can be exponential. Whereas as much as I love my own art, and I will tell to- you know, toot my own horn, like, buying art is a little bit different. You know, it's a very personal experience. And it's not quite as, it's harder to build something like that, where you're, trying to sell paintings constantly.
2: I love it, I think that, that, that makes perfect sense with it. it. It sounded earlier that you might be chasing four rabbits uh, with four different business ideas, the Etsy and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, and so you, can, you might be able to catch all four rabbits uh, over the next two, three years, but you can't do them simultaneously while working your full-time job and implementing your budget all at right. once. Right. So that's where, that's where I think, and I wanna caution you that now is not a good time to be investing in your business financially. In any meaningful way, you might buy materials for the students when they've paid you. After they've paid you uh, up front, you go to the store and use part of that to pay to buy the, to buy the proceeds. That can be a good thing, of course. But um, now it's not a good time to be investing in the business because your financial position needs to be strengthened from the foundational work with that. So like, mm-hmm. if I'm thinking about it, the first goal is I think really getting that budget on track. The second goal is taking the sure bet and I'm sure that if you are proactive, you might be able to, there's a chance to potentially speed up the project management of getting that raise um, with the certification yeah. for the state. I sense that you're not in control of that right now, but there are some things that might be able to be, you might be able to be in control of if you're mm-hmm. kind of, you know, asking about it or making it a point in your one-on-ones with your boss or whatever it is.
1: Yeah. Oh, they're well aware too. Yeah. They, they, <laughs> they congratulated me in the last Zoom meeting. So I, I think uh, I'm on the radar, so... Oh, that's
0: fantastic. So I have a few suggestions. Um, Scott has kind of been like, oh, I'm just going to say everything today. Sorry, Mindy. I have some (laughs) suggestions too. This isn't the Scott show. It's the Scott and Mindy show. (laughs) Um, With regards to the $300 that you would like to put into savings, my suggestion is first check that comes in, put $300 into savings. Off the top, you don't even get it in your regular account to spend. And then go about your day. Make all the payments that you are supposed to make. At the end of the month, if you need to pull $20 out, you still have $280 there. Yeah. Whereas if it's sitting in your account, and I know this from personal experience, I'm not trying to make you feel bad, I know that it's just a dollar and it's just five dollars and oh i can do this and oh i'm not thinking about it because there's money in the account but if it's not there in the first place you have a better opportunity to have it stay in your uh emergency fund or your savings account when you put it there first Mm -hmm. so i would suggest that as one of the first changes that you make going forward. Another thing is to track your spending. I've sent you an email with the link to that Waffles on Wednesday spending tracker. And the the reason that I like that so much is because it's customizable. You sent us your expenses and you have a lot of things detailed out. So you can make all of these categories yourself that are personal to you it makes it easier to categorize it when you're going through things at the end of the month you said something about potentially looking around to see if you can make more money do you have any specific length of time that you are required to work for your current company once you get your certification
1: i believe it's at least a year if they're paying for your insurance license okay Uh, If not, I think if you leave before that, you have to pay them back, which it's not. I could pay them back if I had to. I mean, like, but if you don't have to, but but I did. But the point is, is like that, you know, it's it's a great company. They've uh, I think it makes more sense for me to stay on for at least that amount of time to get the training that I need.
0: I think so, too,
1: because I've never been an account manager before. And I have that opportunity to get that experience if and when I move on.
0: I would recommend staying, learning all you can and having an open dialogue with your manager. Hey, what is your ideal account manager? What should I be hoping to accomplish every day, every week, every month, every quarter? And then make a plan to accomplish those things and keep track of your accomplishments. We spoke with Aaron about uncomfortable conversation money conversations to have with your Friends with your spouse, with your boss, and that was on episode 169. And one of the things she said in that episode that I thought was so helpful is, I keep an email uh, folder, and I categorize these emails. I file them into these folders: great job, or you know, kudos to me, or whatever you call it. So every time a client sends you a letter that says, "Hey, thank you so much, you were so helpful," you put it in there. Because when it's Yeah, I have a praise folder. Praise folder, yes. Outlook. <laughs> Perfect. Because when it's time to ask for a raise, I don't know about you, but my mind's like, I've done nothing. And having those there, oh, I have 76 emails from clients that are ha- happy with how I help them. Guess what? My boss is about to get 76 emails forwarded to him, asking, <laughs> or, d- detailing how great I am. So he knows it's not just me thinking this, it's other people thinking it too so i would have that and really work at getting yourself as qualified as you can for that raise and then hop on glassdoor and linkedin and start seeing what do experienced account managers make because maybe your company is saying you can have $2 an hour more and every other company is paying $15 an hour more it makes sense to move but if everybody else is paying $3 an hour more Then you go into your company and say, hey, these are all the goals you wanted me to meet. These are all the things I did. Here's all of these praise letters. I want to raise, I want $3 an hour. That's the going rate or, you know, however it shakes out. Um, Let's see the emergency fund. I agree with everything that Scott said. There's no need to rehash that. I do want to talk about some of these side hustles because you said some things that are, I think, maybe not things you should focus on right now, and others that I think would be really easy to run in the background, which is the best kind of side hustle. Uh, you said you did Redbubble print-on-demand. Printables mm-hmm. can be huge. You said it. Mm-hmm. That is literally a set it and forget it. You take the time to design it beautifully, upload it, and bam, you're done. How long does it take you to design a printable?
1: Yeah, they're actually not necessarily printables, but me putting my artwork or designs on products, like t- sh- putting my my artwork, like oh. this piece behind me, on a t-shirt, on a mug, on, you know. Yeah, so I actually um, did a watercolor of one of the um, popular cities in uh, one of the popular areas in Pittsburgh called Lawrenceville because I lived there for a little while and I it was like a watercolor of the row houses and I put that on a mug and I sold a couple of those and it was pretty cool because I'm like oh they you know I'm like that that's the way I need to go okay <laughs>
0: so, so start to so, finish yeah. existing artwork only start to finish how long does it take you to create upload the picture, take the picture, upload the picture, create the thing and set it and forget it on Redbubble. Mm -hmm. How long does that take you to do? Are you talking from creating the artwork or just just, from uploading? You've got a pile of artwork in the back of you. So five minutes, 30 minutes? Yeah, like five, 10 minutes max. I want you every day to upload one picture. And don't just leave it on a mug. You can put it on a T-shirt, on a bag, on a a mouse pad, on like all the things. Put them on all the things. Let anybody buy it however they want it. Put it up there and let it go. And um, do you have an Instagram for that artwork?
1: I just started a new business instagram for my art because i was throwing everything all together on one instagram for my personal and business so I, now it's um what? rachel caskey art okay and but it's r-a-c-h-a-e-l I'm you
2: right now and I, I we'll link to that in the show notes
0: <laughs> <laughs> people always get rachel spelled wrong for me <laughs> uh, then i would get the rachel caskey spelled incorrectly as well. Spell it the way that everybody ah. else does it too, because then you can capitalize on that as well. Um, a good but point. I would, and, and
2: which one is it? Is it your art one?
0: Yeah. I would do one picture that's already completed. I wouldn't start making new art, but any artwork that you already have done, do mm-hmm. one a day or do two a day or sit down and just batch it out. But nobody is going to email you out of the blue and say, hey, do you have a girl with a crown and blue hair? <laughs> But they'll find it if that's what they're looking for on Redbubble. And that is a really easy, it's already done. I just need to, you know, dot the I's and cross the T's and finish that project. So I would love to see that. Um, What were you selling on your Etsy shop?
1: Well, I started an Etsy shop years ago when I was just working on invitations and making, you know, paper crafts, basically, before I started really getting into painting uh, full-time. And so I, you know, I, 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 kind of, my shop is in transition because a, it's still named after my, my company, the Paper Crafter's Nook. I don't paper craft anymore, and I feel like it's it would be confusing to throw my artwork on an Etsy shop called Paper Crafter's Nook. So I agree that that's a whole other issue because I have. My company is called Rachel Kasky Enterprises, LLC. DBA, it's a DBA as the paper crafters nook. And I never got that changed, but that's the only sales license I have in
0: Pennsylvania. So I'm like, oh! Okay, that is, (laughs) it's... it's, so So this is going to be more effort. I thought maybe there was some sort of printables involved in the Etsy shop as well. So that one I would put on the back burner. I would focus on the budgeting and little bits. Because you, if you cut out all the things the very first month, month two, you're going to add it all back and more. Just like when you go on a crash diet and you lose a bunch of weight, the next month it's not sustainable and you add it all back plus 10 pounds. That is how yo-yo dieting works. That's how yo-yo budgeting works as well. So let's look at this. You say you have two DoorDash passes. I like Scott's idea, get mm-hmm. rid of them both. I mean, It might be harder to convince my fiance, but I'll see what I can do. (laughs) One of them is his. He's paying for it. Then let's get rid of yours. And let's also look at not the total budget amount for eating out, but how frequently are you eating out? Is it every Friday? That's okay. Is it every Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Is it every single day for breakfast? Look at where you are eating out. Look at look into meal planning, which can be hugely helpful to just have something. It's so, I don't know why it's so daunting to get up and be like, oh, I have to make lunch. I'll just go someplace. Well, making lunch at home, if you think about it, you've got all the stuff there to find something to make versus I'll just go out. It takes like 20 minutes to go out and get it and bring it back to your office, or if you, I guess, if you use DoorDash. I don't use DoorDash very much, so I don't know. <laughs> it, takes no it, takes it takes no time. No time. Uh,
1: right. exactly. <laughs> it takes
0: no time. <laughs> so that, oh, I'm so behind the times. But yeah, so get rid of the DoorDash pass, and you know focus on this week, instead of getting breakfast out, I am going to make breakfast every single day. Or I'm going to shop on Sunday so that I have all the preparations for every lunch that I'm normally eating out. I'm going to have it at home and I'm going to cut up the vegetables on Sunday so it's easier to put it all together. Or make sure I have everything so I'm not, oh, I want that one thing. I'm just going to order out instead. Make it really easy for you to eat in And see how much you can cut out without feeling like you're giving up everything that you like. Some of the other things that I see in your expenses are a higher cell phone bill. Yeah, I pay for both of my sons. Okay. Uh, Do they have jobs?
1: No. Okay. They're 12 Um, and 14.
0: Oh, oh, for some reason, I thought they were older, like 16. No. Um, Okay. Mm -mm. So paying for them, they have a, you have a family plan. I'm wondering if you have opportunities to use something like Mint Mobile.
1: I don't know what that is. Oh, wow.
2: And and they are a sponsor of our show, by the way. So (laughs) because we like them. So they
0: are a sponsor of the show. They also are my mobile provider. Is that how you say that? They're my mobile provider. And they offer a discounted rate. I think it's $15 a month. So I will send you information about that as well. It is mintmobile.com slash bpmoney. And I've got an email that I'm like taking notes and I'm going to send this to you when I'm done. Thank you.
2: Well, I think I think the, the root thing here is like there's going to be stuff like that in every line item in your budget, and there's going to be – and I would just zero base everything. Even the stuff you think is completely fixed that you can't change, go in there and be like, is it? You know, can can I change that? Can I change because yeah, maybe maybe the self maybe if you have an unlimited data plan, the Mint Mobile is not going to be is going to be a le- little bit less data or whatever. But maybe that's no difference in your life. And if you don't like it, you can always go back. But you might as well try it for a couple of months and see what you can get out of there. And if that's saving you two hundred bucks a month, good gosh, that's gonna that's gonna make everything else that much easier. Now that you, know, you can cut your, you can bump that a portion of that back into your eating out budget and still come out way ahead. So I I would would just recommend going through everything in the budget line by line like that and looking for little wins, um, on a ruthless, uh, basis, sorry, companies, um, we're going to be cutting these out, um, (laughs) yeah, starting with DoorDash
4: and
0: I would say that, um, uh, Jay Money wrote in Budgets Are Sexy, Challenge Everything. Call up your insurance company and ask them if you can get a lower rate. Can you raise your deductible once you have an emergency fund in place? Can you raise your deductible for a lower monthly payment or a lower every six months payment? With regards to the the phone plan, I want to make sure that you're not locked into a plan for like two years or whatever, and you just started it last month. So there would be a huge cancellation fee. Make sure you don't have a huge cancellation fee on that phone before you uh, get it all set up um, or before you walk yeah, away.
1: Two of my devices, my phone and, and my younger son's phone are up to be like, because uh, they were lease and they're now at the point where I could purchase them if I wanted to or not. So I, I haven't made a decision or done anything yet. So this is perfect timing.
0: Yeah, I would definitely look in to see if you can cut that. I mean, even if you're cutting two phones, That's going to be huge. But yeah, definitely make a a calm decision. Calmly prepare to act aggressively, Scott has been saying a lot lately. Rachel, I think you have a lot of things to think about, a lot of things to look into your budget. I think once you start really tracking every single dollar, you are going to be shocked at how easy it is to come up with that $300 to put into your bank account. And then if $300 is easy, next month put in $400 and see if you need to pull anything back. Uh, What did Barb say? Save so much that it hurts, especially if you're just putting it into your emergency fund. That's easy to pull back out if you need to. Or your savings account, oh, I need an extra $20. That makes it easy, but I didn't know I could save $300. You can do it if you start in the beginning. And I'm so excited for what's going to happen to you in the next few months. And I definitely want to talk to you uh, maybe at the end of summer and see how you have progressed and see where you're at then. Cause I think that you have a lot of opportunities ahead. Definitely. Thanks so much guys. Okay. That was Rachel. I am so excited for her journey, Scott. I know that one of those side hustles she has is going to take off and I re- I love the painting idea that and a Zoom paint can you imagine I mean you probably can't you're uh, what is it you're either cerebral or artistic and you are extremely cerebral um, I'm
2: very artistic Mindy what are you talking boy, about I'm very insulted I've
0: seen your art and you're really 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 awesome in a lot of things I would not um,
2: <laughs> you're really quit cerebral your day Scott job. <laughs>
0: Scott, if you were going to quit your day job to sell your art, I would not recommend that if this was me. who's
2: artistic is your daughters. They are wonderfully artistic. And I have got several pieces of art around the office here. So.
0: Daphne loves you and loves to make art for you. Uh, But yeah, I think that Rachel has a lot of opportunity. And I i think that when we talk to her, I'm really, really hoping that at the end of the summer, we can bring her back in and have her be like, yep, I lopped off this much money from my spending and I didn't miss it at all. And now I've got this much in my savings account. I've got a fully funded emergency fund. I got the raise at work and I'm doing so much better. And I, I really have huge hopes for her, huge expectations. So Rachel, don't let me down, girl. If you would like us to look into your finances, we would love an opportunity to poke around and see where we can make suggestions in your life as well. Please apply at biggerpockets.com slash finance review. If you'd like to be a guest on the Monday episode, please apply at biggerpockets.com guest. From episode 190 of the Bigger Pockets Money podcast, here's Scott Trench and I am Mindy Jensen saying, come back when you can't stay so long. Oh wait! I don't want to say that to people. Oh, that was not—that's not very nice. I have this list of like "see you later, alligators" and all of that. No, I we with to it. Stay so you, just, long. you
2: just read it. Yeah, <laughs> that's like that's like Mindy's Ron Burgundy moment. So just reads whatever's on the can paper. Stay even
0: longer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm
0: Ron Burgundy. I don't want you to leave. I want you to be with us forever. Thank you for listening. Have a lovely day. <laughs>